Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Sunshine. <laughs> How are you? You know, I'm working through some things today. <laughs> um, some things are too hard to talk about, but you know, thanks for asking. How are you doing? <laughs> you can tell I've been practicing, huh? Yeah, right. You have. I you haven't. Have I forgot style. about. I forgot about those. It's because you're an actress. You can just do it on command. Yeah, I know. Um, my sister, I think after we posted that or something, my sister was like, hey, how are you doing today? And she was like, oh, sorry. I know I'm not allowed to ask you. how." I'm like, no, it's, it's like a joke. It's a joke. We don't think that. It's a joke. How are kind you of. doing? Kind of. How are you doing today? Kind of. Don't fucking ask me how I am. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, I'm doing good. Um... <laughs> Real talk, I'm having a really painful period. Um, like a painful period of your life or a painful <laughs> menstrual cycle? I'm both. My periods have been so bad, Lucy. They've been so bad. Not heavy. I just want to You guys, say, so we, like, we know that any, she likes to talk about her period, so here we go. Like, Tell just us. So all the, just so everyone knows out there, my flow is delicate. Little tinkle. But... Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. But the pain, the amount of pain, you'd think that it was like a tsunami of blood. It's not. It's not even a payoff. I don't even get like a nice juicy flow. Okay. Do you mind? I'm having a cup of tea trying to wake up and I'm hungover. So go easy on me, okay? These torrential downpours of TMI. (laughs) <laughs> that's the only torrential downpour if i didn't make that clear previously oh my god oh, i've just been really on the struggle bus with it babe i've i've bought some devices i've started using cbd um mm-hmm. as you know i've got endometriosis and i'm just right. in the trenches here trying to <laughs> trying to fucking survive i'm like on the couch with like heat pad device oh, cbd no. just like ah. <laughs> so much pain yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do I'm sorry. Um, On a serious note, I am sorry that you're in pain. Um, well, I want to be the antidote to you being like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to be like, I see what you're saying. Tell you about everything. The, the zit on my butt. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I will um, share about more ethereal, you know, <laughs> spiritual concepts, and you can go into the realm of uh, physical ailments. My undercarriage. Um, <laughs> so you said you feel hungover, but I think you look dewy and delightful. Thank you. I, uh, Is that that Walida cream? Did you put that Walida cream on your face? I love Walida cream. It's a bit too that- intense for the face, but it's skin food. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. No, this is like a hobnob job of uh, little <laughs> free samples that I've gotten from Kasha. Kasha's oh, always nice. giving me free shit. So this is one of those. I think I'd quite like the sound of a hobnob job. I don't know what it is, but 
I like that. I just made it up. My family loves to make up words. It's like a family trait. I know. You've told us before some really funny ones. Thank you. I look very sunned and uh, sun-kissed. I was out in the sun yeah, all day do. yesterday. You tan really nicely. I trimmed some bushes. Okay. <laughs> I did. I cut myself. Look at that gash. Well, you're not used finger. to sort of, um, you know. Manual labor. Yeah. Lifting. Yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, no, I was in the bushes, like cutting through the jungle with my, with my clippers on my patio. <laughs> Just on the patio. Just on my little patio, my little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hard work. So I'm very um, tanned. I'm a tanned I mean, you look, field worker today. You look stunning. You look stunning. Thank you. And you look angelically pasty white over there. What have you been doing? I'm, actually, I'm tanned. This is just really bad light. I'm actually tanned. I was furious when I sat down here and turned the camera on. So I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, this tan is looking sweet. No, I can tell you're tan. You're just in very bright sunlight. So it's lighting up your face. And in natural light. It looks stunning. Yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I've just been at the beach. I've Have really you? Just been, yeah, I've just been menstruating at the beach. Jesus, just <laughs> sitting on the sand, just run, bleeding into the water. <laughs> <laughs> the ocean just washing my blood away. Just hemorrhaging. <laughs> oh my God, we're so disgusting. Sorry, everybody. There's nothing, there's nothing disgusting about periods. Get over it, Lucy Wall. All right, some people are queasy about blood. Sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. So since you got back from England, I mean, I know you were back last time we spoke, but how are you settling in? How's Alex settling in? What's going on at the cottage? It's good. I've been enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the spring flowers. Yes. Uh, enjoying the fruit trees. Um, obviously love seeing my family. And I could live without the dryness of the climate. Yeah, you were telling me that your hair has gone from vivacious to like a pile of straw well i had a haircut anyone watching and see i've got these stunning bangs now yes it looks really um, good because i was so excited to go to my hairdresser because in england my hair had become luscious and i took my hair down and it was just like a broom right like, <laughs> uh and she was like yeah that's dry and i'm like it wasn't i promise it was so good but she said that she has to sleep with vaseline up her nose because she gets so dry so it's not just me no California's the desert. My hands look old, like my dad's. They look like old man hands. Oh, they do not. My nostrils are parched. My hair is parched. Apart from that, it's been great. Well, your hoo-ha's not parched. No, she is moist. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you fucking, you just teed me up for that. Like, as if I wasn't going to take it. <laughs> Oh, no. I think my boyfriend's parents listen to the show now. I know. I think everybody listens to the show that we know. So, uh... <gasps> Sorry, guys. Hi, Mom. Um, <laughs> Jesus. It's a choice that we have to make. We can either... I just can't help myself. It's no use. Like, I can't... It, no, it, it's like I'm not going to not... I can't be... remember <laughs> to no. not say things. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I was thinking about, if we do this TV show... Yeah. How, like, what are you going to do about that? Because you... <laughs> well, my manager was like, you two are going to have to clean up your language and your act. I was like, 
What do you mean? Well, no, just, this is no, the yeah. act. <laughs> they show they show literal like penises and assholes on Netflix now. Like you can you can say swear words. Anything. If we're gonna be on NBC, then sure that's gonna be an issue. Because, right. You know, they'll wanna sell like diapers and car insurance, but exactly. that's not really our market. No, not really where we're headed with this ship. Look, we're going to be fine. The TV show is in the mix, coming together. I finally got a fucking bio from Annabelle. I'm sorry. I just, I hate bios because it's like, Annabelle Jones is English and she is so fabulous. She's done this. She likes this. But then when I wrote it, I was like, I really like gassed myself up afterwards. I was like, damn, I was feeling myself for the rest of the day. I was like, what? I know. Some shit. Same thing with me. I read my bio and I'm like, shit, girl, you've done some shit. Like, go. (laughs) Who are you? Hot tip for anyone out there. I mean, it might not be for everyone. Maybe if you (laughs) write your own bio. What's up? Okay, here's the way to look at it. If you write your bio and it looks a little bit drab, it's time to spice your life up. Yeah. But if you write if you write your bio and there's loads of juicy stuff in there that makes you feel like a queen, then great. That is a good boosting it is. practice. Bye, Will. Love you. He's going to the gym. He's always going to the gym. I know. He's, Bye. He's a, Hi. He's a gym rat. Uh, unfortunately, he can only work out one side of his body because he broke his wrist. So his right oh, his yeah. right arm is huge, and his left arm is atrophied. <laughs> um, is he right or left handed? He's right handed. Well, that's good. Just as far as like yeah. other things go. Right, right. Haven't been affected. Right. Anyway, yeah, write your own bio, remind yourself of everything that you've accomplished, even if it's like listing off like major events in your life so you can look at it on paper and go, damn it, I've been through some shit. I've come a long way. Hell yeah. And if you haven't been through some shit or done a load of shit, write the bio that you wish was your bio. Yes. Do it. I love that. (laughs) Actually, I might do that too. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck it, just make it up. Yeah, I did that. Just go with it. Positive visualization, manifestation. I'm going to say I climbed Mount Everest. Okay. I'm going to add that to my bio. I mean, honestly, truthfully, you can just add anything in there. When I was writing it, I was thinking like, I bet I could just put stuff in here. Yeah. No one would really know. It's not really. You could say you were on Rock the Cradle and you won Rock the Cradle. Nobody would have known. That is true. You should have put in your bio that you won. I know. Nobody watched the show anyway. That's not true. I thought I know. a million people watched it. They did. They had three million viewers a week. That's right. It's still a pile of shit, though. Yeah. I mean, people will watch anything. I mean, and I am living proof of that. I've been watching some shit recently where I've just been like, how is this on TV? Have you watched... Okay, sorry for anyone out there. And this is going to shock you because... This is so my, this is exactly the kind of shit I like to watch and just I'm like gagging for and can't get enough of. Have you watched The Gilded Age on HBO? Okay, there's things I loved about it and things that I hate about it, but I'm starting to, I'm starting to love the things I hate. (laughs) So you have Stockholm Syndrome? Yes. (laughs) Okay, great, got it. I fucking hated, are you the same with it or did you just love it? No, I want to hear about you first. Okay, okay. So um, at first, I hated the one, the Russell, Mrs. Russell. The new money. The new money. 
hated her guts, didn't want to watch her, hated, hated everything about her. And now I love her. She's my girl. Cause like I watched her handle some shit and I was like, I like you girl. I get you. I got you. One girl, I hated her work so much. Not her work, but like her character. I hated her character. I'm not going to say who it is because now I became friends with her. <laughs> but I, anytime I feel really angry or like kind of jealous of another actor, I like to like send them some love because I don't like jealousy in myself. And so mm-hmm. I looked her up, I found her and I wrote her and I just said, hey, you're doing a great job on the show and I'm really enjoying your work. And she wrote back and she was like, thanks, girl. You know, blah, blah, blah. We got to talking and we're going to meet up when she's in L.A. with her husband. So that happened. I know exactly who you're talking about. You do? Well, I'm not going to say, but you can take all your guesses of who you guys think it is. I think the storyline is incredibly boring. I'm selling a show at the same time. As you guys know, you've heard me talk about it constantly. I'm selling two shows right now, actually. So I'm really noticing, like, how the fuck did these people get this show sold? Like, how did they pitch the storyline? Two words. Julian fellows exactly that is where it begins and ends with why that show got sold what did you think tell me i can't stand it yeah i can't it's just and it's so i'm so irritated by the fact that i don't like it because i've been looking forward to it for so long and it ticks like every it should tick every it should tick every but here's the thing i can't figure out what's wrong like what can you put into words what's wrong with it i think that there's a really weird... Nobody has any emotions. So right. things happen in the show. And then nothing happens. There's like, everyone's dead behind the eyes and nothing happens. I know. Like when that guy killed himself and then just smaller plot things where something that should upset somebody or cause like ripples in the water just so, sort of disappears. And the people... There's there's like this deadness behind the eyes for everyone. I totally I agree. I totally exactly agree. Exactly know like what that is all about that's why um, the acting's bothering me i don't i don't want to blame it on the actors but like i keep i keep going what there's dead eyes going on i don't know so if i was gonna take a guess i would say potentially the class system in america was dismantled shortly after the period of, of the of the gilded age show that we're yeah watching. this is like watching that struggle It's watching the struggle and it's watching everyone kind of disappear and the classes merge and the new people and the old people and everything. And there is, I I personally think there very much is still a class system here. I think that it's to do with money still, but I don't think it's a new old money. It's just a rich poor. Mm. And also where people are from is like a very judged thing here and what you do. So it all kind of links back to money. Like, are you from a poor area? Does the job that you do yield a high income? If the answer is no, it doesn't yield a high income. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Then you're the help, you're right. the trash. Please go through the back door. So I think there's that. And I think that for that reason, I'm wondering if the interpretation of the upper classes and the class system is just that there's a lack of like it's like stiff upper lip right it's like they're playing at an idea they're playing at an idea rather than understanding that regardless of whether you're the queen or whatever you still i mean just people exception she doesn't really show that much emotion but rich people do show emotions they do cry they do get angry 
upper class people will still express themselves. It's going to be in a different way, but they do react to things. So I think that maybe there's just like a disconnect of like, because it's not something that is, we still live in, in this country. Whereas in England, we very much still live in like a class system Mm now. So people know how to interpret that because we've all grown up around it. Sure. Yeah, it's a good point. It makes a lot of sense. And thanks for clarifying that for me because it's been like I've been trying to figure out why I'm having a problem with it for weeks. (laughs) It could just be that everyone's traumatized from COVID and they've gone dead and numb inside. I don't know. (laughs) They're like happy to have a job, but they're not quite ready to like feel again. (laughs) Dig (laughs) it. They're just like Um, hitting their marks and not bumping into the furniture. Nothing happens in the show either. No, nothing happens. Nothing happens. No, nothing, nothing happens. Every episode, I'm just like, I say to Alec, like, what just happened? He's like, I don't nothing. know. Nothing happened. Nothing. <laughs> I can't stand um, Mrs. Russell. I find her so one-dimensional. I know. And I'm like, it's a very I'm like, strange performance. <laughs> She's the villain, right? And the number one rule, the villain in Verticomers is... There's always one. It's hard. there's no villain on this show. No, but like she plays the role of the it's the adversary. The yeah. Villain. Okay. So the number one rule with villains and adversaries is that they have to have redeeming qualities that make you like them and root for them. Right. And unfortunately, I feel like her character has zero redeeming qualities. And I don't know if it's because I'm English, but um, right. People who are have who exhibit too much pride, people who are overly ambitious. And people who can't keep a tab on their temper for me as an English person, I'm just like, mm, mm, absolutely not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's all she exhibits again and again and again. There's no, there's, I, I'm deep into it now and I haven't seen a single crack in the armor. Not one moment of softness, not one moment of affection, nothing. Right, no affection. The only thing, that, the reason I say something happened and, and then I was like, oh, I like you, is... And it was like not. It was like a fifty percent like. It's not like yeah. I love that character. But when her husband came in and paid off everybody at the little market, yeah, and she was like so excited by it, and she was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like walking out. That was the most emotion she'd ever shown, which I guess is why yeah. I was like, yes, you're a person. And then she went right back to like no, no comforting the husband, no helping him, no tenderness, no like feeling compassion for him for what he was going through no 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 love for her daughter like nothing well she is a narcissist this character is a narcissist everyone around her is an accessory to her every single person in her life her husband her daughter even her blood yeah they're all accessories and they are all devices to get what she wants to make herself feel justified and like she is i am who i think i am and it's textbook she's just a narcissist and it and unfortunately on this show we don't have time for that so no (laughs) not in this episode anyway (laughs) um so i can't stand her because she and she's such a kind of she's at the forefront of the whole thing i know and there's there's nothing redeemable it's not like she goes in her room at night and cries it's not like she's writing in a journal or talking to her maid or ever like shows any crack in anything if that was the case i could i could get on board with her character but i just can't 
Um, and don't even get me started about the main blonde girl. I don't, she's so forgettable. Like, really? I mean, her work is fine. She's doing lovely work on the show. But again, like nothing happens. Like she has no personality. You you couldn't describe that girl. Like what she thinks, what she feels, an opinion about anything. And I'm talking the character. I mean, I'm just yeah, saying like yeah, yeah. an actor creates a character. You got to like create a character who has a point of view so she's the only one where i'm like okay you actually show emotions and you have like depth to your character she has some softness and like some tender she she knows she's a good listener like all that is there i i get what she's playing this like gentleness this earthiness but God, i'd love to see her like get really fucking pissed and just like flip mm. a table nobody <laughs> is gonna be doing like anything like that in the show it's it's oh. so milk it is so milk toast to me the whole it production. really is the music is like a wannabe bridgerton soundtrack the costumes are hideous i love the daughter's costumes those are the ones for me mm. that i'm just like oh. mm-hmm. yes and then also the staff all have amazing 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 costumes yeah they do um but everyone else's i'm just like uh. but i think it is and also Historically speaking, like these bitches would have had like three to five dresses maximum. Yeah, so the that's fact it. that they're in every scene wearing <laughs> no. a different dress is kind of bothersome to me because it it just wouldn't have been like that. Maybe that rich lady would have been the exception to the rule of that, but all of the other women would have been repeating the same outfits again and again and again. In a show like Downton, they do that. They are historically much more accurate. I think it's just they think Americans aren't going to know. No. Let's make it a bit like Bridgerton meets... Um, and Julian Fellows can do whatever he wants. Exactly. So he's made two other shows that I loved and thought were so much better than this. So I can't believe this has got picked up again. And uh, Sorry for anyone who hasn't seen Gilded Age and just had to sit through this long conversation oh, about it. everyone loves it. <laughs> anyway, Julian Fellows, love you. Love you, Julian Fellows. I want to be on your shows. Call me. I want to be your friend. I want to have tea with you and hear all of the outrageous things that you've ever seen and heard. Because, you know, he's an aristocrat as well. Wow. That's why he writes them so well. Because he's he's in that world, but he's also obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. So he's like a big time, like, aristocratic historian. Such an interesting person. I love that he has that, like, addiction to knowing, like, every detail. Yeah. I'm currently um, obsessed with Versailles for the third time. I've watched I the watched series. It. Oh. I need to watch it. I know. I need to watch it. Is it sexy? Is there loads of shagging? Yeah, it is sexy. It's it's sexy. It's just the right amount of violent. It's interesting. <laughs> just, just the tantalizing, titillating amount of violence. Just a just little spattering blood. <laughs> Yeah. No. It, yeah. They do show some torture stuff going on because you know crazy shit. Louis had to do crazy shit. Louis the Fourteenth to like keep his court in order. There were mm. so many poisonings at his court because back then everyone would just poison each other to kill each other, and they were so mm. like scrambling to get ahead of each other. It was just I thought of you because it was a cult. Versailles was a cult. Oh my god, big time. Versailles particularly, everyone fucking lived at Versailles, which is yes. just a giant castle. Yes. And everyone had these apartments and everyone was just like socializing with each other. It was yeah. just the reason he moved the reason they did that is to keep 
the courtiers under control and right. on side. Exactly. And it just turned into this like fuck fest. Yeah, it was yeah. awful, awful to live there. Like these people did not have a good time there. And they were getting paid these allowances to pay to live there. So like the money they were getting was going right back into it, right back to money him. Money laundering. Oh my God. It was just wild. So yes, please watch Versailles. The only thing that's funny that cracks me up is that, uh, you know, it's supposed to take place at Versailles, which is obviously in France with the French king and nobody has a French accent. <laughs> They're all American. <laughs> They're all English. Uh, okay. 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 They're I all. Think, I think a lot of people would have spoken English though, wouldn't they? I don't know. I mean, you know, you can argue that the show should have been in French, but I just love it. I've binged it three times. I've become friends with some of the cast. (laughs) Classic Lucy Walsh. I love being friends with people that inspire me. I like being in the artist community and and it's really great to, again, that's why I love social media because you can connect with people from all over the world. Um, But watch the show. So many shows to watch. So little time. So little time. I know. Talking about sex, that's another thing that you've just made me realize about the Gilded Age. It's completely sexless. No sex. There's not even sexy feelings. It's not even sexy... No. It it is sexless. Yeah, you're right. I did not realize that. Which, what are they thinking? I don't know. Downton Abbey's a bit sexy. Yeah. Yeah, no, nothing here except that very strange topless scene with the maid in his bed, which was not sexy. I know, that was really awkward. That character's tricky for me. I'm just, it's too, it's just. (laughs) Anyway, I think people know how we feel about that one. I totally agree with you. Okay, so that's what I've been doing, watching The Gilded Age. Okay, great. Shall we do the news? It's not world news. It's not important news. It's Lucy and Annabelle. Why'd you go down? You have to give it more of like a crescendo. That was a disaster. Okay, great. Take two. No! Oh, I liked it. No, no, think it. Keep it, leave it in. But I didn't even finish it. No, because you started shouting at me, which was good. I like that. <laughs> you know my favorite type of women is scary women. What do you got for us, Annabelle Church Mouse Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I just became a church mouse and I was like, became so Christian. That would be iconic. Oh, that would be so annoying. <laughs> what would we I talk of, about? I just kind of want to. It just sounds so nice and comfy. Um, okay, so... Speaking of everything that we speak of constantly and yabber on about. Right. I just want to let you guys know that the term bimbo is back and it's a feminist statement. What? I don't know, babe. Apparently it's cool to be a bimbo. Bimbo? Oh, wait, I didn't know that bimbo went away. Yeah, it's it's become really rude and sexist to use the word bimbo. Got it. Um, Why is it back? Okay, so opinion section in the guardian we've already reclaimed terms like queer babe and slut and now tiktok is helping to make skimpily dressed girliness respectable now i'm just going to start my rant by saying that tiktok has not made a single thing in its history respectable so that's immediately out the gate 
a big cross in the uh, in the Jesus. old articale. Uh, basically, there are girls trending online and boys and whatever else people are identifying as who also identify as bimbos. I guess <laughs> Paris Hilton would be a good uh, representation of what a bimbo was if anyone was trying to understand what I'm talking about. Right. I'm just going to read a few bits from the article. Okay. Haven't heard of bimbo talk? Then it's time to wake up and smell the lip gloss. It's a subsection of TikTok where self-proclaimed bimbos are proudly reclaiming the title. It's a bit of fun. You won't catch me trying to stand in the way of evolving language. My efforts to keep up with right words to use often feel like standing in a rough sea while the waves smash me in and out, occasionally flooring me. Thrilling, if precarious. Take my own sexuality. I experimented with identifying as pansexual. Same girl. Only to find out that Twitter had deemed um, deems me to have accidentally erased bisexuality. I didn't know I was able to do that, let alone all by myself. So I think the writer of this article is a comedian and she's also, I think, kind of at the beginning here coming from a good place where it's like, she can't really keep up. Right. She's queer. She's trying to be a queer person and be like, I'm pansexual. And then she's getting shot on by other queer people. Kind of the sign of the times, isn't it really? Everyone's yeah. sort of... Nobody just, knows what language to use. Everybody's... You know, very... Uh, kind of paralyzed. Uptight. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Everyone's clenched tightly. So yeah, there are some. There's a girl on TikTok, a prominent self-proclaimed bimbo called Chlapeka, and she describes a bimbo as being a leftist who likes to have their tits out. I mean, what's not to love? This is going to get Lucy going. Um, <laughs> another bimbo called Princess Faux Rich explains that a modern day reclaimed bimbo is a hyper feminine person they must be pro-surgery while also truly being authentically themselves i see it's about being loved <laughs> oh and respected God. by being themselves without I having to change. i can't i can't i can't <laughs> without having you gotta to give me a second i can't even listen Um. Okay, <clears throat> continue. <clears throat> yes. TikTok's revolutionary bimbos hold yes. firm that women can wear whatever they want, however revealing it is. Yes, okay. please. They're against the far right, including pro-lifers. So far, so fabulous. They are fiercely inclusive, carefully inviting all genders to revel in their glorious bimbodom. Women can be beautiful and brainy. I mean, I thought Carol Vorderman. I'm going to leave that bit out because nobody's going to understand who Carol Vorderman is. Unless you're an English person. Right. TV presenter in England. She's a bimbo, but she's very capable. She's Wait, is smart. she a self-proclaimed bimbo? I don't fucking know. Let's <laughs> not the confuse the two. Basically, ends with saying that Princess Faux Riches and these other girls say that it's important to know the number of Justin Bieber's social media followers as it is to know astrophysics. Um, what? Neither of those things are something I'm ever going to attempt to understand. So 
ba- um, the banished words babe, slut, bitch, and bimbo are back back on the uh, table. Wow. So would you say that you're a self-proclaimed bimbo, Annabelle? <laughs> I try not to think about what I am too much, to be honest with you. There's so many options in this economy that... I know. I just can't decide. I just can't decide who I am. I tried to become or define myself as a thing, I think that I would not be able to. It's like trying to watch a show at night. You just end up scrolling Netflix until you just get so frustrated. You just turn off the TV. That's what happens when you try to describe yourself with all this lingo. TikTok is a mass data harvesting surveillance system created by the Chinese that America and the rest of the world is just gobbling up. Cannot get enough of. It's genius and so anything that comes from tiktok i'm just very sus about i also don't like that people are like diagnosing their mental illnesses on like their iphone on tiktok so i think this is all just it's tiktok culture it's prattle it's the beginning of the end of the world (laughs) more than the beginning i think we're heading towards the middle Sometimes I do feel like we're in like, you know, those old like depictions of hell and everyone's just like naked and like scrambling over each other, sucking each other's dicks and people are like bloody heads. (laughs) Sometimes I just go online and I'm just like this, you people have cracked. Just go for a walk outside. Just take a walk around the block, do a lap. (laughs) Like... It's like we're back at Versailles, but now with TikTok. (laughs) So I don't have a problem with bimbos. I really like, do you, babe? I love it. I I just don't feel the need to like label it as any. It's just, it, that's. Oh my God. Exhausting. It is exhausting. And it's, it is confusing. I think our last episode was interesting because it definitely was like edgy felt edgy for me to talk about the things that we were talking about which it shouldn't Mm. we should be able to just talk about everything and just know that a conversation and can be had and we can communicate and we can disagree and we can agree and we can look at different angles and all of that kind of thing yeah without anybody losing their minds over it right um or either of us losing our minds over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I really appreciate that about the conversations that we have because we can disagree on stuff and we're still, you know, BFFs. And I, yeah, everyone in, who's in my life in a meaningful way, I have that dynamic with. And I think, yeah, I just think that's all you can do really, isn't it? You can just yeah. live, the, live the thing that you want the world to represent, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. I don't have any relationships where I can't have conversations where one or the other of us or both of us can be wrong or right or have a different opinion. Um, And I just think that this stuff is such a minefield. You know, I'm not straight and I'm not, um, but I even myself feel like so testy sometimes about talking about anything to do with... (laughs) like my sexuality or sexuality or queerness because like the woman said you all of a sudden you're offending somebody and it's just like yeah fucking hell I can't be bothered right and I'm just gonna yeah sad I like the chat I like the chat a lot I do too I really appreciate being able to talk about it with you and explore these things because like we always say we're learning 
We're learning. I'm yeah. curious. We're curious. Yeah. We want to ask questions and and learn and learn and hear other perspectives. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, most likely we are wrong about many things, and then <laughs> yeah. there'll be things we're right about as well. So anyway, Lucy, tell me about right. your news, Honey Bunny Bunch. Okay, pens. my news, darling, darling, boo 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 boo, <laughs> is about this sweet couple. It says they met on Bumble and a few weeks in, they discovered that they were in kindergarten together 25 years ago. Oh, that's so cute. I know. It says after weeks chatting on the dating app Bumble, Allison and Rob realized that they lived in the same town when they were young. The more they talked, they realized they were in the same class and their, their yearbook picture confirmed it. Uh, they couldn't believe the coincidence since both have lived all over the world since then. And they felt fate had played a role in their now marriage. And they're expecting their first child in July. Oh, kitty. Allison so and Rob. And here they are. Bless them. Oh, what an adorable couple. Look at them. So. Love that. Love that. Love that. You never know what you'll drag in on Bumble. <laughs> Hashtag Bumble partner. Um, <laughs> you never know what the cattle drag in on those dating apps. I know. Um, you really don't, so be careful. Have you seen the TikTok swindler? <laughs> yeah. You literally really don't. No, I've heard all about it. I have to watch Please it. Please watch it. I'm it's- terrified of dating apps. It's actually one of the maddest things I've watched. And then also, I, it's, the, it's the spring of the scammer. So I've watched that and I've watched Anna Delvey. Right. Have you watched that? Fake no, ass? No, I know. That's what everybody is talking about also. Oh. i got to get caught up. Lucy, you have to watch it. Don't be so basic. Once you okay. <laughs> You'll understand that. <laughs> what are you wearing? Why are you being so basic? Oh, okay. <laughs> Your outfit's actually cute. Thanks. I don't have any pants on. <laughs> Did you just say, thanks, I don't have any pants on? <laughs> oh, my God, queen. <laughs> um, and then It helps also- me just, like, feel a little extra spicy. spice. Yeah. Oh, your little cheeks on the chair. I have a little secret nobody knows. <laughs> Except for now we all know. All right. Shit. Shit. Uh- um, I'm so bad at keeping secrets. <laughs> uh, let that be noted and everyone listening. I know, um, right? No, I keep important secrets. Okay, that's a cute news story. Yesterday I was remembering this best friend I made on vacation and I cannot remember if it was at Club Med or if it was in Australia. But for one week, I had a best friend. I need to get the picture because I want to put it online and see if anyone can find this girl that I played with every day and she was so nice and we like had a soul connection and it's the really? only friend I've ever yeah it's just the only friend I've ever made as a kid where I r- really remember her um, that's a beautiful story I'm gonna ask my mom if she has any pictures from that vacation because I bet the little girl is in some of them because we spent every minute together do you remember when you're a kid and you go on vacation and you'd meet somebody and they'd be your best friend for like a week uh, I never went on vacation, but I can imagine. It, it wasn't vacation. It was like my dad would be playing at 
And we, but it felt like vacation. Yes. Yeah. I am. For me, a child that didn't have to do any work, I was on vacation. <laughs> right. Everything was vacation to you. Yeah. I know what you mean. There, there are some special things that happen in our life and you just like remember it forever. Forever. I want you to I find this find girl her. now. I know. I want to find her. I hope my mom's got pictures. I'm going to call my mom later. Maybe she'll remember her. What if you've seen her like at the store or at the gas station or something and you don't even know it? No, because I don't know if it was in Australia or if it was in Florida. So you just have like a snapshot memory of this happening. Yeah, you don't of know being where it on was. the beach with her, like in a very tropically feeling beach situation, white sand, blue sea, boiling hot. And what I was her remember, name? I can't remember her name. I just remember her face and just being with her every day. Are you sure she was real? 100% sure she was real. <laughs> Did anyone else see her? <laughs> That's what we're going to find out when we speak to mom. Considering my mom can't even remember when I was fucking born, I don't think she's going to remember my friend from me. Yeah, how can you? <laughs> I, I wanted to find out what my other star signs were. You know, you've got like your sun, your moon, and your rising or whatever it right. is. And she's like, I don't know when you were born. Yeah, but then I shamed her on Twitter, so she found out. Wow. And now I know, so I can do it. But now I'm scared to do it. Have you, do you know what your rising yeah. things and everything are? Yeah, I do. Not happy about it? Or oh, I'm really happy. I, I, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I'm really happy about it. Yeah, I've got, I've got a bunch of Sagittarius, a bunch of Cancer. So that's really strange because I've got like a bunch of fire and a bunch of water. So that explains why I'm very like on the outside. And then inside I'm like, like deep, dark, like in my shell. Um, So I'm constantly fighting between the two. But then to bring that all together, I've got nice earth sign Capricorn right in the middle of all that. So that's a good one. That bolsters me. Sick. Love that. And you're a cancer. Yeah, and I don't know what the other ones are. There's some kind of Gemini thing, which I'm just going to pretend I never saw. <laughs> yeah, let's just forget about the Gemini. I'm surrounded by Geminis. It's really interesting. Like my mom, my sister, my best friends growing up, I've got a lot of Gemini women around me for some reason. Now you got one more, baby. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll have to find out what you are. I'm very interested, actually. Um, I, I also I want to know, but I also I'm just like, do I want to know? If you I have your information, I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> I'd be really interested to know your chart. I'll look it up for you. Okay, I trust you to do it. I just don't want some like one-eyed bitch with like a headscarf to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some listener feedback. <laughs> Let's do it. This listener responded to. The photo that I posted of myself at the beginning, middle, and end of the turbulence on my desk <laughs> flying British Airways flight and said, probably the same expressions you had when discovering you were about to be asked to perform on the American Idol stage when walking in for the Rock the Cradle audition, carrying your Trader Joe's bags, <laughs> which in case any of you haven't listened to the Flop the Cradle episode, I was unaware that I was going to audition and was carrying my items in a Trader Joe's bag. No idea where um, you were. Very confused. 
And I don't wish to ever be in a situation like that again. And yes, the expressions were very similar. (laughs) We're identical. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, that was like our third episode, I think, Flop the Cradle. Great episode. It really was. Back when I was uncomfortable talking about personal things. (laughs) (laughs) When you would literally have a meltdown every week and be like, I'm quitting the podcast. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I hated it. I hated you. I hated all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've just given up. (laughs) Oh, God. I've surrendered to the madness. Good. Speaking of personal things that we shared about ourselves, I shared about being in the restaurant when that guy had a meltdown and started screaming at me and my friend. Uh, because she was a food blogger. And uh, this comment says, I'm fucking furious at this dude who started grilling Lucy's food blogger friend. This is classic behavior of sexist dudes who think that any accomplished woman is faking her expertise for attention, and it's his job to debunk her claims of enjoying something. The same thing happens with video game and comic book fans. A woman will say she likes Spider-Man, And the man will start quizzing her about what happened in volume one, issue 357 of the comic in order to attempt to prove that she's not a real comic fan. (laughs) What a psycho. And that was written by a man, that comment. So, wow. Okay. That's how he feels about it. Love it. One listener says, excellent podcast as usual. I do believe we should all have the same opportunities in life, no matter sex. But I heard some feminists that literally hate men. Uh... Oh my God, this is shocking. A couple of years ago, a woman I know had an abortion when she and her lesbian partner found out they were expecting a baby boy. This is bleak. Last week, an Argentine journalist said that all men were rapists in disguise. Well, no male member of my family was, is, or will be. If that's what feminism is to be, then I am not a feminist. They don't represent my way of thinking. Fuck, that's intense as shit. I know, I read that one and I I, I could not believe that about the aborting a baby boy. That is so sad. I mean, it's been happening the other way around for a long time. I know, I know, I mean. Not to say that it's okay, but it's like, it's appalling, but I'm so desensitized to hearing about so many different cultures and throughout history of like, Killing babies, drowning babies, giving them up for adoption, all of that yeah. when they're girls. Girls. Because they need heirs, they need people to take care of the family. Yeah, they have um, no use for girls. That's been going on since the beginning of time. But it's so shocking uh, to hear it said about way. two women aborting a male child. Neither is right, both is abhorrent, but it's interesting the reaction is like deadened for me with the girl stuff because i'm just so accustomed to hearing about it at so this point. used to it yeah i know i think it's an, that's also quite an interesting thing we never know any guys that are rapists or you know we never know any guys that are like are abusive or cross the line yet somehow i'd say most women we know have had the line crossed have been assaulted yeah so somewhere in there 
is a discrepancy between no man I know would ever has ever. I would be, I would say that. Um, I would not say that. Do you mean like the men that are closest to me in my life? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like the men in my life. Yeah, all of the women who are close to me in my life, I would say nine out of ten of them have had situations. Right, so, so where is the disconnect? <laughs> I really do think about that a lot because I'm open to the truth. <laughs> I just, I yeah, yeah. I don't know how that can be. I know. be the case. Um, well, but on this topic of uh, children, <laughs> on this topic of aborting your male child, <laughs> you were you were sharing with me um, some thoughts you were having about children this week. And I was interested Uh, to uh, pick your brain about it because I have thoughts about children too. And I think a lot of people do out there in terms of should I have them or not? Yeah. Yeah, It's a very tricky question for a lot of people as they are in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. I mean, whatever age you are, the choice, (sighs) the decision to have a child or not is a pretty interesting one. So, can you share a little bit about what you mentioned to me? <laughs> I love how you're just like, you bitch, you, <laughs> like, you go first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I think I've sort of realized that I don't want to have kids. I don't want to have my own kids. I, I really want to be a mum, but I don't want to go through the process of having a baby, being pregnant, giving birth. And I don't really know what that means exactly. I've, since I was a little girl, always thought I was going to adopt, but I figured I would have my own kids as well. And then as I've gotten older, the definition of what my own kids means has changed. So I think now, you know, I would love to sit around a table with my children and be like, Mm. my children. But I've always seen that as a very kind of varied table of children. It's not just been like little boys and girls who are like five foot two with brown hair, you know. Right. I think that I've realized that I would be a better, more patient, empathetic and caring mother to somebody that wasn't made of me, if that makes sense. Really? And I think that I have what it takes to love somebody deeply unconditionally and forever as my child who isn't made of me you know Mm. almost almost better than I could with my own kid I'm never gonna look in this kid's eyes and see my dad my mom one of my sisters one of my aunties Mm. you know and I think that distance makes me feel like I could do it better, clearer, less baggage up by less baggage. They've got their baggage and we'll handle that. So that's one element of it. But going back from there, I think what what it is is we were in England and and I saw two of my friends who both have kids. One right. of them has two kids, one of them has one kid. And we spent time with both of them and 
that was what made me not want to have kids. And it wasn't for the reasons you'd think. It wasn't because I went and I was like, whoa, no fucking way. I can't do right. that. It's just too crazy. Like, yeah. it wasn't that. It was the opposite of that. It was like, I saw these people who were my age, my kind of background, my social standing, financially equal, uh, ethically, morally mindset lifestyle equal and it looked so lovely and it was so beautiful to see and be in and be a part of and I thought god this is they're doing it right like this is how it should be done like this is this is great don't want to do it though. <laughs> That's how I feel. felt when I walked away. I was like, I have just seen two of the best possible, most closely resembling situations and circumstances of what it would look like for me. Yeah. And instead of being like, oh my God, that looks so good. I want a piece of it. It was like, oh my God, that looks so good. And I still don't want a piece of it. And then I just kind of swallowed it and stuffed it down. And then a couple of days later, Alec was like, I want to talk to you about something. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, here we go. <laughs> and he was like, I think we need to talk about this. He said, I, I, I don't want to have kids. I think I've decided I don't want to have kids. And I was so fucking relieved. <laughs> really? Yeah, I had this huge feeling of relief came over me. And we had the conversation and we both felt the same way. And it was the first time a man has ever said that to me. And it was the first time that I've ever, for that reason, that instant reaction of feeling relieved, I've never felt that before. Yeah. My whole life, I feel like I've been behind myself pushing myself going you want this you want this you want this you want this yep. you want this you want this you can do this you can do this everyone can do this you should want this and as soon as i said out loud i don't think i want this all of a sudden i realized that for my whole life i've been trying to persuade myself yep. into having children yeah and it's kind of been like a mind-blowing experience because I feel like I'm swinging so far in the other direction now and I know I'll level out. But you know when you go to the drugstore, the CVS or the Boots or whatever kind of drugstore you have near and you walk along and you go through the baby section and you're like, okay. So for me, I'd like walk by it and I would like have a look at it kind of like by the side of mine and be like, okay, it's the milk. He's <laughs> signing up to it. That's the creams, okay, some wipes there, okay, what's that thing? Had a, okay, time to go. You know, like, that's been me my whole life. Just, like, every time I go, I just, like, look at another thing. I was like, okay, there's a the thing where you suck the, suck the bogeys out the nose. Okay, oh, fuck no, okay. You know, just, like, I've been, like, my whole life, just, I've listened to podcasts trying to persuade myself. Yeah. That I want a, a, a hypnobirthing thing, like, meditating on it just being like I can do this I want this this is what I want and then yeah. 
the truth of the matter is, is that I've realized my whole life, I've been trying to sell myself this thing that in truth, my whole body has been going, no, 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 this is not for you. But what do you buy a little girl when she's a baby? You buy her a little dolly, little baby dolly, and you teach her how to change the nappies. And you, are you going to be a mummy when you grow up? <gasps> how many babies do you want? You give them a little push chair. All of that stuff, it's like they are just primed yeah. from such a young age that no person ever, it was always, how many kids do you want? Are you going to be a mummy? Are you going to get married? Instead of, do you think you'd like to have kids? Mm-hmm. What does it feel like when you think about being a mummy? What do you think of mummies? You know, and it's instead it's just this constant barrage of like, no, this is this is what the path is. And yeah. now I feel almost like a little bit angry about that because I think I could have been much clearer earlier on had I not had all of that shit in my head, if I'd just been asked rather than told by society and by people around me. As soon as Ryan and I got engaged, literally within 24 hours, I was being asked about when I was going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Me too. What the fuck? Yeah. Can I just be engaged? <laughs> like, can I just enjoy this fucking moment without having to be this other thing? I think the pain, part of why I was having such a hard time in England at the end there was I was also processing this because I think that without really knowing it, there was there was a lot of pain there, pain and anger around the fact that I felt that I was forcing myself to do this thing that I didn't want to do. And I knew I was going to have to undergo a huge amount of pain, a huge amount of discomfort and trauma when I already have so many problems with all of my shit down there anyway. And I've been gassing myself up for that since I could think. And I'm pissed about it and I'm sad mm. about it. And now <laughs> I've gone the other way and I'll be at the store and I'll be like, oh, Look at that over there. Look at that. It's a nice little crib. Never going to need one of those. (laughs) (laughs) And now the other day I went to the CVS and I went to the baby section and I like actually stood there for a while and looked at it now that I've had this thing. And I thought, I don't want to ever have to buy any of this shit. I don't want to have to buy cream for my nipples. I don't want to have to buy like a douche for my fucking busted vagina I don't want to I don't want to have to like you know I just don't want to do I don't want to suck bogeys out of a baby's nose with a straw like no I don't want to do any of that I do not I do not want to do any of that like no so it's been really interesting, really, really interesting. So it, I just feel like my mind's been opened. And now something I had never thought about before was what is a life without 
pregnancy, childbirth, children, infants, let's just say, because I, I feel I will have children. I don't feel I'll have infants. So what is a life without infants? Okay. Or say, just say no children. Say there's no children. All of a sudden, your life looks completely different. You can go mm-hmm. anywhere, you can live anywhere, you don't have to save up for college, you don't have to think about how am I going to pay for this. It's just a totally different life. And all it took was for me to ask myself the true question of, do you actually want to do this? And when the answer was no, a, a magic curtain dropped down and that someone was like, ta-da, look at this whole other world. Yeah. Which was really interesting and I hadn't expected And then also, I think that a lot of people have kids because they feel that this is something that they need in their life and that they want and that they want that love and they want that experience and they want to love something like that and be loved by something like that, um, have that connection. And I don't. And And I know that's like a really intense thing to say. I... Well, this is what this was my thought process at the beginning was I don't want to love something that much. And then I sort of thought about that for a while and I thought, no, that's not what it is. It's not that I don't want to love something that much. It's that I feel so nourished by the love that is in my life already. And I feel so much abundance in the love that I have to give to those around me. And that really feels like enough for me. Yeah. And that was a beautiful thing to come to, was that it feels so full already. I don't, I'm not looking for another thing. And actually, I don't know if I have the space for it at this time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And uh, now the world looks so different to me, Lucy. It looks so fucking different. I don't look at women in the grocery store with their kids in the car anymore kind of like I used to just stand there and look at them just like what does it look like like how do you do it how do you carry the bag and the thing you know I've just and now I just look at them and go "Ah, that's cute Mm -hmm. anyway you know and it's Mm -hmm. it's a relief I feel relieved wow so how do you feel about having kids You don't have to answer. I, I don't want you to feel that I'm like pressuring you into a, a conversation here. Oh, just... I definitely want to answer. I, okay. <laughs> thank you for saying everything you just said so mm-hmm. beautifully, so clearly. I feel the same. Never in my life felt the desire to have children. Never while I was growing up did I imagine that I would get married and have kids and mm. be a mom. It never crossed my mind. Yeah. And as I got older, and yes, I agree. I was conditioned from that early age by the women, by society. When are, you know, here's your dolly. It was never like, here's the NASA program and people can go <laughs> to the moon. Because... That's not what my mom came from. My mom came from generations of farming families that had 10, 12 Mm -hmm. kids. And Mm -hmm. the children, that's what you do. The kids were born at home with no drugs, with a midwife. And that's how I was born. And, And my mom devoted her life to being a mother. That's something that's important to my sister. And 
Now that's a beautiful thing. And that is beautiful. Gorgeous. Honorable. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It's one of the highest paths you can take is to give your body and your life to somebody else. And as a mother, that is what you are doing. Right. And so just like you're saying, I always said, yeah, I want kids someday. But I never stopped to think if that was my wish. Mm-hmm. I just I just assumed that I would do it because everybody was telling me that I would do it. And it's just what you do. It's what you do. Yeah, of course. I, yeah, of course. Yes, I, I, I can't wait to be a mom. And then as you get older into your 20s and 30s now for me, then you start to go, uh wait a second, is something wrong with me? Because I should like, where's the desire? Where's the, Mm. when is it, when is, when am I supposed to do this thing that I've always said that, yeah, of course I'll do it. Uh, It's kind of time now. And I've been stuck paralyzed on this question for the last couple years now, especially since meeting Will and getting married. And I've mentioned this before. About five years ago, I had an abortion. And when I found out I was pregnant, I never considered keeping it. Not for, Mm. not, it's so strange to talk about. And it doesn't really make sense, but I'll just say it as, as how it felt for me. I knew immediately that I was going to have an abortion. It that had to do with the situation with the man with where I was at in my life. And so I remained pregnant for like 3 weeks. Mm-hmm. Until the abortion happened because the baby wasn't big enough yet. So they had to wait. Okay. And in those three weeks that I was pregnant, I was overjoyed at this feeling of having this, having a life inside me. I loved the feeling. I loved it. I, it's, it's, this is where it's a mind fuck because I'm going to say something that's really sad and pretty disturbing, but this was true for me. I stopped drinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though that baby was going to die, I stopped drinking to make sure that Mm -hmm. that baby's three-week life was going to be as as good as possible. And thinking Mm -hmm. back on that I did that confuses me, but and it makes me sad. It makes me have so much compassion for myself at that time that even though this is what was right for me, I was still trying to love, I still had love for this thing. And I was trying to express that love and do the best that I could for it. So it's fucking, I know it doesn't make sense, but. No, it's I, like, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think it makes complete sense. I think really? you, yes, I think it does. If you are just because, okay. You know how there are rules about how you keep animals and you raise them? Even though, Even gonna though you're going to kill them for food. Yeah. It's yeah. a very, it's not. Oh, that's true. I know that's a brutal thing to say. I'm just saying it on like the biggest, Humane. most, 
like, you know, it's humane. And I also want to say to you that you have, regardless of what you want, you have instincts. Yeah. So your body is going to drive you to do exactly what you did because that's your instinct even if in your brain you're like I don't want to have a kid and it's not for me right there is an there is an animal urge overriding and I felt that it was crazy to feel that don't underestimate that do not underestimate that right please and that is one thing that my therapist actually said to me I've talked about this with him a lot and he had he said some pretty you know spicy racy things and this is a man who in his career has talked talked to thousands of different types of people he said a lot of people do have children because they want to love something and be loved by something by something a lot of people don't love their children they have kids and they care about them and sure they love them fine but that feeling that we are told you just and you just love it so much and you just many 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 people do not feel that way totally they do not feel that way and he actually laughed at me when i talked about you know wanting that feeling of just like holding this thing that you just love so much and you and it looks at you and touches your face and he was like annabelle it's hormones it's your mm. it's your literal machine animal instinct animal yeah. instinct he said to me about he's like the ba- to the baby you could be a fucking orangutan but he and it caught me down at my knees cuz i was like dream i was like oh i'm just going to love this thing so much and it and it's going to look at me and it's going to know i'm its mommy and he's like you could be a fucking orangutan and it will think it's your mom right I I really relate to what you're saying about being so nourished by the relationships that you have in your life and and giving love in so many ways. I don't feel the need for a child of my own to fulfill any kind of lacking love. I Mm -hmm. have gone on now to be with a man that I would love to have children with, but I've also gone on to work with children Mm -hmm. in my, in my music teaching I am surrounded by, (laughs) yes, it does put me off. It's very good birth control. Um, but it's also an incredibly fulfilling experience. I am surrounded by children now and Mm. the gift that that is in my life is so powerful and it's made me realize that I don't think I need to go home to that at night. Yeah. yeah I, I spend, I, I work with children. I'm very involved in their early development. I share the most beautiful moments with children. I mean, yesterday I, one of my little girls told me something that she has, d- didn't have the courage to share with her mother. She's seven. Mm. And she had gone through something really difficult at school and she was very upset. And we sat together for a long time and talked about it. And I just held her and told her that it was going to be okay. And it was such a beautiful moment. And, and there was no difference in how I felt for her if it, if it were my own child. Mm. 
No difference. Mm-hmm. In that moment, that was my child. And, yeah. and it was very powerful. And I have those moments every day of, of yeah. the week. So I'm very fulfilled in the realm of, of giving love and receiving love with yeah. children. And I mean, even if it wasn't children, you know, even if you're listening to this and you don't, you're not surrounded by children and you don't want children. Sure. I'm, I'm not surrounded by children. I have a lot of teens that are in my life, my nieces and nephews. And even if I didn't have them and I was just talking about the love of my friends and my family, sure. and my boyfriend or my girlfriend or whatever it is, that's, that's cool too. I think, you know, that's yeah. like, if that's, if that's, it's still- relationships it's relationships. It's giving and receiving love and support. And look, my career is my child. I mean, mm-hmm. I I am in I am in a birthing process with mm-hmm. my creative projects. I always have been my whole life, and that's why I think my work uh, it has a lot to do with me not really feeling the need to give birth because I'm already mm-hmm. giving birth all the time. Mm-hmm to whether it's a song or a, a whatever yeah. I'm writing, whatever I'm acting, whatever I'm working on, that's a birthing process. Yeah, spiritually, it, re- it really, that is something I hear a lot of creatives say that it is like a gestation period followed by a birth. And then the morning, the morning afterwards of that kind of, yes. like the baby blues or whatever you want to, however you want to describe it. I agree with so much of what you said. It was so helpful to hear you say it like that. I do go back and forth, and I guess I'm in a process right now of separating out what's my real desire and what's been conditioned onto me as is what's expected of me, especially now just having gotten married, both families are like, when are we getting grandchildren? I do the same thing. I'm still, even though I've made this decision i'm open to the fact that i may not always feel this way in Me two years from now i may completely change my mind and be like i have to have a baby me too i i think it's deeply unlikely it would be <laughs> the turnout of the century if i all of a sudden after a lifetime of if i'm honest secretly feeling like i didn't want to do it but i was going to force myself to do it yeah um that's how i feel i might like force myself to do it because out of i know is that but so many people do this think about the process of like growing a person inside of you and giving birth i don't know a single i'm just gonna i don't know anyone who does not have trauma from their birth i'm sorry i don't know a single person that doesn't have like birth related trauma no it's inherent it's a very traumatic experience to give birth and to be born it's a very dangerous thing too. Um, California has one of the highest levels of uh, birth death of anywhere in America, if you can believe that. I forget what the technical term for it is, but let's just call it birth death for right now. Birth death. The fact that I was going to force myself to go through that is actually now that I am on the other side of that, I think is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. like if my husband had said to me we need to have children i was going to do that <laughs> to my life. right i know i know i know it's so common so many people just go for it because they feel like they should or they feel like afraid they do it out of fear which is so not right and something i do out of fear 
because I'm I, I change my mind about it all the time. But but at the core, what I've said today on this episode is what I feel at the core. Mm. But I still look for signs. Like I'll be like, okay, well. I remember how overjoyed I felt when I was pregnant before I had the abortion. So maybe that's a sign that like I'm supposed to get pregnant again. Or maybe the fact that I work with, I don't know, but then I'm exhausted after working with three or four kids in a day and I go home and I'm like, holy shit, I don't want that to be my life. I don't want that. I'm, I want to be able to read my book or yeah. go out on a trip or focus on my project or whatever. I don't want to have to, to pick your nose. <laughs> I don't want to suck your bogeys out your nose with a fucking pipette. That's just not my purpose in this lifetime. Okay. I pro you and I probably just came out of a lifetime where we had like 10 kids and we dealt with it already. All right. We're ready for a little, we're ready to like Oprah said, like, I love listening to Oprah talk about this because she says at a certain point in her life, she decided that having children was not for her because that was not the ways in which that she was supposed to give in this lifetime. She had other I ways. Feel I can relate to that. Me too. So deeply. That wasn't her contribution this time around. And I feel that way too. I have other things I'm interested in contributing that aren't in that realm and and I think it's beautiful. I, I, I have, like, my mother gave me such a beautiful life. My sister's a beautiful mother. I have so much respect and admiration for mothers. And that's just not um, my role this time around. So, mm. yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I knew how to change a nappy before I knew how to, to tie my shoes. And right. that's, that's pretty, pretty telling stuff. I, I love that concept of, of what Oprah said, I don't. I don't really follow Oprah Winfrey. If you'll forgive me, I don't. I don't know like lots of her. You're not in the stuff, Oprah cult. I'm not in the Oprah cult, but I do feel that my soul has a very different purpose and journey, and I feel that so strongly. There is something else I'm meant to be giving, and mm -hmm. there is another purpose for this vessel outside of outside of that. And it's not to say right. that if you have a child, that's all you're meant to be giving. Not at all. I no, just don't have it. It's not one or the other. You don't have to choose. No, I don't. I hold my hands up and say, I don't have it in me to give the what I want to give plus all plus of that. Plus that. To exactly. Another child, to, to another right. child. And I say another child. I always joke that I've already raised three children and I don't want to raise anymore because I had to raise myself. Yeah. I had to raise my ex-boyfriend. And in many ways, I, I feel that I had to teach my mother how to be my mother in, in many ways. And I don't want to do it again. Right. I really don't. Yeah. Being my ex-boyfriend's mother, being my mother, being my mother's mother, it has made me tired. And now after this experience as well, there is definitely with Ryan, losing Ryan and Max, there is a part of me that feels like, I don't think I can like go through another like trauma like that, like willingly. Right. I can't put myself through that. It's just like another reason on the on, like tally <laughs> now where I'm just like, okay, yeah, no, I understand. That's, yeah. the, that's the end of that dream. Cause it is a fucking daydream. Me thinking about being like, yeah, like maybe it'll be nice. Like, 
No, it is I, a daydream. You know, it's hard work. If I work. don't get enough sleep or whatever, I'm a disaster of a person. <laughs> like, right. I turn into a toddler if I don't sleep enough. I think something you said is really important, that it's not about choosing a child or a career or anything like that. It's no. just in addi- it's an in addition to everything you're doing. Yeah. It's not about choosing. And also, I want to say that anybody listening who, what, however you feel, just remove the guilt. Remove the guilt yeah. from yourself. You said something like you were reframing the way you said something to yourself. I, did the, I do the same thing. Sometimes I say, I'm too selfish to have kids. And I have to stop myself and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've been told it's selfish not to have kids. What the fuck? Don't put that on yourself because you've been told. I do it too. And I have to stop myself and go, no, you are not selfish. I have to reframe it. It's really, I catch myself all the time with all these put downs about my decision to not have children. Mm-hmm. And that's been programmed for a long, from since before I could speak. It's Deeply. powerful shit, powerful, powerful stuff. Deeply. And that's what adulthood is, is unraveling. It's like, what's truthful to me? Is that really my voice? Millennials are, I think this is also a generational thing for us as well. Millennials are the first generation that are having so few children that we are not replacing the population right so it's clearly not just us <laughs> right yeah agreed you know mm-hmm. um so i yeah. think that's also really interesting to note is that it's it's a generational thing there is something it's about true. millennials that is shift that the narrative has shifted i know so many women who don't want to have kids me too so many and me too What's been interesting is that since I've been saying I don't want to have kids, people, the way people speak to me has massively shifted. Everyone was like, oh, you can have children. It's going to be, it's like the best thing you can ever do. Now that I've said to people, I don't want to have kids. They're like, it's a fucking thankless task. It's a nightmare. (laughs) It bleeds you dry. They suck everything from you. But so it's so funny to me that now I've said I don't want to. It's like the people's shit is coming out. That's cracked me up. So many of the mothers of these kids that I work with are like, don't do it. I like, if I could go back and make another choice, I love my kid to death, but I would not have kids. It's pretty funny. And I, and I always crack up laughing with them because I'm like, you're not supposed to say that, but. (laughs) Thank you for saying it. But thank you for saying it. No, honestly, thank you. Please. If you, God, like if you are a mother or you're a parent, you're not doing anyone any favors by glossing over shit and just concentrating on like the two minutes a day that your child is an angel. Right. Because you're not helping people make informed decisions. And that's what bums me out is like, just let people know the truth of, of the whole, you know, smorgasbord of all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly. Tell us the truth so that we can decide for ourselves Um, you know god bless my mom I I used to get so miffy when she would say this and take it so personally but now having come to the place that I am I really am grateful to her and respect her for always being honest me honest with me about it I remember when I was younger my mom said that rearing children was a thankless task and I was so hurt by it but now 
I see that she's one of the only people in my life that's ever been honest with me about the ups and downs of yeah. having children and, and being a mother and, and parenting. She truly yeah. is one of the only people. So, you know, and, you know, that comes hand in hand with me having to, like, show her how to be my mother at times. My mom would have had a very happy life without children. Do I know that she loves us to pieces? Yes. But would she have been fabulous without children? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She just did what you do. Yep, and I'm exactly glad she right. did because I'm sitting here right now. But I don't judge her for feeling how she feels. Right. If she could go back and not have kids, I know she fucking wouldn't. And I'm not mad. I know I don't judge her for that. I really, really don't. I, really I am don't. shocked at how many mothers have said that to me. And it makes me <laughs> laugh every time because I'm just like, good, good for you for saying that. I good know, for thank you. you. Ryan used to want kids so badly and then all of his men are much better at this by the way his friends all started having kids and he started seeing like how their lives changed and also they were honest with him about it yeah and he changed his mind he didn't want kids anymore yeah so I think men are maybe a little better at this than women are yeah ladies help a sister out ladies come on (laughs) the fucking truth quit glossing yeah, one of my piano students, he's a grown man. He, he was like, it's the most expensive thing you'll ever do in your life. <laughs> like, it has gutted me in every way. I love my son, but God damn it. And I'm like. He's like, I love he my was, son, but I would also love the yacht in Saint-Tropez. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just think long and hard about this you know this week I had a meeting with a casting director really lovely lady in her 70s very accomplished woman she asked me if I had any children and I said no and she said oh well don't wait too long because you know you want to have them when you you can be young enough to enjoy it all and 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 as you get older it just gets harder and harder and I thought she's assuming that I want children And that's, Mm -hmm. again, what what happens. It just happens Mm -hmm. all over the place. And that's in a business meeting. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine anyone ever saying that to a man? No. wouldn't. But nobody is asking men at their place of work, when are you going to have children? Never. Fucking hell. I wasn't bothered by it. That's that's what she knows. That's her generation. Yeah. I mean, that's she's yeah. just trying to be helpful. But like, let's get out of the dark ages, ladies. <laughs> Do you know what I've just realized is that this episode's going to come out on Mother's Day in England. <laughs> that's amazing. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. <gasps> Happy Mother's Day to the mothers, to the people who have mothers to the people who've lost their mothers to the people who want to if you're i'm not gonna say look i'm not gonna piss off all the moms out there that i know you i know that you're a cat mom but moms get really annoyed when we say that our animals are our children i know that's why i said it (laughs) that's why i said it I know it really, really pisses people off. It fucks people off so badly, which now that I, I know. Uh, now that I don't want kids, I don't know, maybe I might just stop fucking with people who have kids a little bit just for fun, just to get revenge on how I was fucked with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. So yes, like, happy Mother's Day. 
Are you tired? How's your bank account? <laughs> oh my god. When someone says to me, when are you going to have kids? I'll be like, oh my god, like, when are you going to buy those shoes that you wanted from Betcon? Oh my <laughs> god, yeah. When are you going to get yourself a facial? You have really dark circles under your eyes. <laughs> we just stop your tormenting. No, that's not the energy of this. I'm not. No, not at all. No, no. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to all those ladies who do want children, all those who have decided they don't want children, all of those who love any other living being and feel motherly. Anyone who feels motherly, happy Mother's Day. I like that. Because you can feel motherly in a lot of different ways. Right? I like that a lot. Happy Mother's Day, bitches. Happy Mother's Day, bimbos. What a great conversation. I really loved this. Yeah, sorry if it was like a bit intense, but I mean, how, how can you have this conversation and not have it be, this is like an intense subject, you know? Well, it's a really great follow-up to feminism. It's really yeah. interesting. It's hard to talk about. This is another one that's hard to find the language to talk about. And I I just love listening to you talk. <laughs> I love listening I love the, to you talk. I do. I love like... Just hearing the way you say things just helps me so much. It really, everything you said today really it's helped me. just the accent, me. honestly. It's just the accent. <laughs> I know, the accent has a lot to do with it. Just talk to yourself, record it, and then play it through an English accent thing, and it just will give you the same effect. I can try to talk like you, <laughs> and then that might make it better. <laughs> that was terrible. That my name is Hello, my name is Mary Poppins. Dick Van Dyke. I know it's the worst. Well, he's who he's who. Unfortunately, young uh, American children learned that that was an English accent. So he really fucked it for everybody. So good. Your accent's pretty. Pretty amazing. Will's always mimicking you. <laughs> he is, because he's a northerner and he's not as posh as you are, so he's always like Yeah, they northerners love to Yeah, northerners love to poke fun at the posh southerners. I know. They love it. They live for it. I'm in a battle between you two with these opposing accents. Alright, baby. Well listen, this was a great chat and I'm glad that we could have it. Glad that we Me too. Did. Me too. I wasn't expecting that. And I, oh, I'm so glad we did. Happy Mother's Day, my darling. Happy Mother's Day. Love you. I love you. Theme tune by Lucy Walsh, produced by Paul Kaminsky. Find us on Instagram at the Lucy and Annabelle Show. Oh